Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm really happy to be here with you today. I am so glad how much y'all enjoyed the conversation with Captain Harold and Rachel Earls. Again, I apologize that I did not record that exactly right. That's on me. But man, what a great way to celebrate Veterans Day. So I'm glad you enjoyed that episode. If you haven't heard it, jump back and listen to that one from Monday. We've got a great show in store for you today that you are going to want to share with all your people. And if you have a moment, we'd love it if you would rate and review the show. It's really, really helpful. Christine DeClario is today's guest, y'all. Longtime friend of mine. We went to Ecuador together with Compassion International a few years ago, and she just released a Christmas EP last week. Her incredible singles, Crazy Love and Where the Spirit of the Lord Is, are everywhere in Spanish and Portuguese. And I'm just going to give you a heads up now that this is a note-taking episode. I literally walked out of the studio when we finished and said to my coworkers, you guys, that was incredible, and everyone's going to want to take notes. Just go ahead and grab your journal or have some sticky notes or open up an app and get ready because Christine is not messing around today. But before we get to our conversation, I want to take a moment and tell you about one of our incredible sponsors, Cureology. Y'all know I turned 40 this year, and it's had me paying attention to how I treat my skin, just wanting to be sure I'm using products that can help me prevent or minimize the fine lines that come from being on this planet for some years. And I'm laughing as much as I do. And here's the thing. Dermatologists are expensive and drugstore products don't always solve my skin's unique needs. And that's why I'm so grateful that I found Curology. It's so cool because whether you're trying to address acne or fine lines or dark spots or the occasional breakout, Curology will customize a prescription formula for you that will help you tackle your skincare needs. To get your treatment plan, you just start by answering some questions about your skin online and sending in a couple of selfies. Next, Curology matches you with a licensed dermatology provider who gets to know your skin, and if it's a good fit, you'll get a customized prescription cream to address your specific concerns, like mine that I got is helping me with some dark spots and fine lines because, okay, maybe a long time ago, I wasn't quite as vigilant about my sunscreen application as I should have been, but answering the questions and uploading the selfies was super easy and took like minutes. I'm really impressed with the difference I've seen in my skin tone and how smooth it is for putting on makeup. I love knowing that Curology has set me up with a personalized treatment plan and three cheers for your custom formula that comes right to your door. So take control of acne or dark spots and breakouts or whatever your unique concerns may be with a powerful skincare treatment made for you today. So go to Curology.com slash that sounds fun for a free 30-day trial. Just pay for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L ogy.com slash that sounds fun to unlock your free 30-day trial. See curology.com for all the details. And friends, as you saw this week on Instagram, we've announced a big birthday party for That Sounds Fun on Monday, November 23rd. Listen, our plan was to have all of you guys come to Nashville, us throw a real party, everybody be in the same room, because that's six years of the podcast being a thing. And in COVID times, we can't do that. But we can have a live stream party that is going to be incredibly fun. Again, that's November 23rd, but tickets are available right now. And we are so honored to get to partner with Compassion to help more kids get sponsored and cared for. So you can go to Compassion.com slash TSF 
birthday party to get your tickets and make sure you join us, y'all. It is going to be a night full of surprises. We're going to have the best time. We've been taste testing mocktails in the office, getting ready for November 23rd. So again, that's compassion.com slash TSF birthday party. And the link will also be in the show notes below. So you can just click there or go to my social media and the link is real easy to find there too. But we hope you will join us on November 23rd. And now for our conversation with my friend, one of my favorite worship leaders, Christine DeClario. Are you here? Are we ready? I am here. Okay. Coffee in tow. Atta girl. Christine, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Oh my goodness. Annie Downs. I Well, we should make this episode like three or four hours long so we can really catch up. Uh, that is the <laughs> truth. Listen, the, when I just told you this, that when my team was like, have you thought about Christina Clary? I was like, well, I mean, <laughs> literally we went to Ecuador together. So like we've yep. known each other for years. You're the reason I ever even practice my Spanish. Because I promised you and your husband. You're the reason I actually wrapped my head around what writing a book is like. Oh. Goodness. <laughs> and your book did so well and people read it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's been really uh, a beauty to see how brokenness could just be somebody else's lighthouse. Yes. Oh, that's a good mm-hmm. line. Hey, let's tweet that one. That's really good. Is Will you tell me the title of it again? Prodigal Heart. That's right. And it's in English and in Spanish. Yes, and soon will be in Portuguese. <gasps> okay, yes. When did you start adding Portuguese? And do you speak fluent English? Sp- I mean, I know your English is very fluent. Are you three languages fluent? I am, and I learned the term for that. I thought it was like trilingual, uh-huh. you know, me and my simple mind. And I learned that it's actually called polyglot when you speak more than two languages. Oh, my gosh. I would have um, said trilingual, too. Polyglot. Me, too, all That's the time. brilliant. And- it's it's just the call of the Lord. Uh, about five years ago, something really supernatural started happening to me where I would be leading worship in English or Spanish, uh-huh. and I would hear a voice, and I know it was the voice of the Holy Spirit, just speaking into my ear, singing my songs back to me in Portuguese. You and that are was kidding. It, it was like, why is this? Why is this so significant that that God would make such a big show of interest? Yes, it's so supernatural on it, and I just started seeking the Lord and just praying and fasting about it. And he started instilling upon my heart that there would come a time where I would expand into other languages. He wanted Mm. Portuguese to be the first that I expanded into because he wanted me to tell the people what the Lord had done to me and connect what's going on in my heart to other people's hearts in the languages of their hearts to avoid losing in translation type thing. And so I've started with Portuguese. I've been learning it for five years now. Okay. But it's been awesome to to see actually how that is happening. The connection is is deeper when when you put in the work and, and start trying to communicate with people in the language that they best understand. There's a cultural aspect to it that's just greater. Back me up to when did you learn which one did you learn as your first language? That is a very tough question. Because since I can remember, I've always remembered speaking both. Okay. My my father spoke no Spanish at all. Okay. And my mother spoke very broken English. So I learned from word one to say English and Spanish so that I could communicate with both of them. And I don't know what it's like to not know one of those two languages. How did they communicate to each other? 
Well, I guess, you know, you put in a little TLC and then <laughs> hormones and then I love you. I do get married. Okay. That is impressive. Okay. So you've always spoken English and Spanish. Mm-hmm. And that's and yes. So I also want to, before we do more of your history, I want everyone to know that we're the kind of friends that when I was throwing up in Ecuador, <laughs> you were holding my hair. Yes, you know it takes it. It makes a really special bond when you hold your friend's hair when she's peeking That's all right. over the place. I mean, really, <laughs> I would say very, very, really, and truly, you and your husband were highlights to me of people oh. that we were on that trip with through Compassion International when we got to go see our sponsor kids yeah. in Ecuador. I just y'all were the ones that I was like, oh, these are my people. I just am so thankful. I think from from when we met at the airport, it was like, where have you been all my life? Uh-huh. I feel like I know you. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And and so so now back me up and tell me your history. Now that people know that I've thrown up and you've held my hair in a foreign country. Uh, I when we met, I knew you were a worship leader. I did not know that as we walked around Ecuador, people would be treating you like a Kardashian. I mean, people wanted your autograph everywhere we went. And oh boy. so when you started leading worship, will you back me up to the beginning of this? Like, mm-hmm. what's the start of this story? Wow. It's uh, I'm going to try my best to condense it because it, it's it's loaded with great stuff. Yeah. I grew up in the church. Everything I know is is Bible centered, church centered. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really have a relationship with God until I had like a massive crisis oh, wow. as a college teenager. I lost my father to alcoholism when I was six and a half. I also am a sexual abuse survivor. Mm. Episodes that happened between the ages of five, five and a half, six. And growing up without any of that trauma being taken care of because we simply didn't know how. It just exploded at one point when I started becoming a woman. Right. And I still remained in the church. At that point, I had become the worship leader of my church, which was a fairly large very relevant church in my area. And y'all are in Dallas, right? I'm in Dallas now, but that happened when I lived in Puerto Rico. Oh, got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just started lashing out at God and everything good Mm because I was just so hurt and and angry. And I was very passive aggressively rebellious towards anything good because in my mind, I thought, well, maybe if God had done something for my dad or healed him or delivered him miraculously he would still be alive and I wouldn't be going through all the things that I'm going through as a result of that one event yes but God has this wonderful way of turning everything we curse into a blessing when we just place our brokenness at his hands and so I did hit rock bottom during that time I led a double life of very covert sin yeah and God I, but I should say I was going really, really fast down the deep end and he came to my rescue and I crashed right into him. Mm. And after having that encounter of grace and and that show of the way he loves us insistently and the way he he just he's very consistent in the way he repeats over and over and over again how much he he wants us. And I felt very unwanted. Mm-hmm. It was it was very epiphanic to me. I. I understood that I was not alone, that I was loved, that I was seen, and that, wow, this God is actually the dad that I've always needed. Oh, wow. And he's better than the the dad that I thought I lost. So 
in that walking with him, uh, I had always sung since I was a very young kid, but it was for the first time that I decided to take my talents and my artistic creativity and just place it at his feet as an offering of thanks for literally saving my not, my life because I was, you know, going through depression and suicide and all those wonderful things that just bring out the best and the worst in us. Right. And from there, it was August of 2003 when I had that encounter with the Lord that changed my life forever. And that day I decided if I'm going to do anything at all, I'm going to do it for him. Because mm. at this point, my life was nothing and he gave it back to me. And so that was the beginning. Of and it. how old and were I, you? I was in about 19. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm 38 now. So yeah. all of y'all mental mathematicians, go ahead and do the math because I <laughs> <Yeah>. can't. <laughs> I mean, that's a full 20 year. I mean, that like almost literally half your life. Yes. You've had exactly. two halves of your life at this point. Yep. And wow. it, it's been such a beautiful journey of surrender again and again and again and then fast forward to now my belief in that surrender is stronger than ever because i've i've lived through uh, several processes and mm -hmm. restoration and inner healing and in my last season i actually went through the miraculous conception of my kids because <gasps> I, I had infertility yes, yes. we are and for sure going to talk about that story i love that and, story you know it's every time and time and time again God continues showing me that he is there. And when hope gets attacked, which is something that happens every other day in this world, right. he's always there to remind us, hey, I'm here. I, I haven't gone. I'm, I'm, I'm steady. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not leaving you. Mm -hmm. You're going to be okay. My gosh, there's just so many paths I want to go down. I, let's talk about- <laughs> I told you we need three hours. <laughs> I love it. I know. Well, I just want people, I mean, there are so many miracle stories in mm -hmm. wrapped up in your story. I mean, you might not say this, but I'd like to say, I think you're probably the most famous Spanish-speaking worship leader. And I mean, uh, you're known know. in every country, every country, probably. <laughs> I mean, it, you're and, and you're the first artist to take compassion- to Latin American audiences. Wow. And and so did you just move to Na did you like come to Nashville and record an album? Like how did how did you go from like okay, this is God calling me to do this cuz there's got to be friends of ours listening who are like, "Yes, I'm on the precipice of doing the thing I'm supposed to do." Mm -hmm. And what's the next move? For me it's been a very long time ago, I learned to wake up every day with diligent hands, mm. but allowing the blueprints of my plans to be filled by what the Lord wants. Okay. Yeah. You know, and just the fact that I wake up in the morning to me, I count as a miracle. Mm. And I know, and I have my, you know, my, my professional plans and my artistic plans and my production schedules, but I do have to remind myself every single morning to say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are we doing today? What, what life are you breathing onto this? Yeah. Is this what you actually want? Do you want me to shift anything and just allow myself to go that way? Because before, when you've suffered so much loss and so much pain and so much trauma, there is a tendency, like psychologically speaking, there's a tendency to want to be a control freak. Yes. And to want to have everything spelled out, drawn out, all the I's dotted, all the T's crossed the way you want them so to So that be you crossed. feel safe. So that you can have that sense of safety. Yeah. But it's really, uh, to me, it's been a great expression of worship to surrender that tendency. 
Mm-hmm. And to just let the Holy Spirit take the driver's seat and me just come along for the ride and do whatever he says. Yeah. So I would say to those people that are on the on the brink of fulfilling so much in their lives and in their callings and in their professions, we would save ourselves a lot of heartache if we just let God be in the driver's seat mm-hmm. and just listen and cultivate that relationship with him that we even with a gesture or a movement or silence or speaking, we know where he's going and we're ready to follow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you, I mean, let's talk about the spiritual disciplines of this too, because right at the beginning, I wrote it down as soon as you said it, you said, so I was hearing the Holy Spirit in my head and in my heart, you know, and so I started fasting and praying to figure out what I was supposed to do about Portuguese. Talk to me about fasting and talk to me about prayer. How is that a how are those two disciplines specifically important in your faith life? Well, I'll start with with fasting because it's the one that raises a lot of question marks. Yes. We all know that praying is having conversations with God. Right. Emphasis on conversations. It's not a monologue. It's not a, a, a petition list. It's actually sitting down and putting in the time to talk with mm-hmm. God and listen. And you think everybody can hear God for themselves? Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. When he dwells in us, mm-hmm. he speaks to us through us. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's 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 pretty awesome the way he doesn't limit himself to like actual sound waves to be able to communicate to our hearts. Right. That's right. So with fasting, it's a discipline that actually it balances out the plane. It submits your flesh, which is the enemy of the spirit, Mm -hmm. submits your flesh so that the spirit could take a break to grow. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So imagine that you have uh, wheat and shaft growing together. And, you know, one is trying to like overpower the other, which in this case, we could see that allegorically uh, allegorically as the flesh. Mm -hmm. So fasting kind of shuts the flesh up and submits it to the will of God. And it's an act of surrender and an act of worship saying, okay, God, I really, really want to grow closer to you spiritually. So I am intentionally submitting my earthly desires and my flesh and my, my human needs Mm -hmm. to make that possible. And every single time I've fasted and, and when I do prolonged fast, I like to do the Daniel fast a lot. Yeah. Or sometimes I'll just fast something that's not food. Mm-hmm. I've had to go on social media fasts. Yeah. Or entertainment fasts. I could junk out on TV series for days. Oh, I was about to say have... the hardest. I mean, fasting is always hard, but the hardest fast I've ever done was a TV when I did a oh t- season without TV. And it's 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 really difficult, but it actually it it submits your will mm-hmm. and your desire mm-hmm. for earthly pleasures mm-hmm. to cultivating your spiritual relationship with God. And I have always had major breakthrough every time I have set out to like, okay, this is praying and fasting time, putting it on my yeah, calendar, yeah. take my phones away. I'm gonna disconnect only use my computer without Wi-Fi. <laughs> right, I right, have, right. Like massive ADHD and I'll go all over the place and totally forget that I'm fasting. Yep. But you know, make myself focus on how can I better connect with God? How can I cultivate my spiritual strength in this season? Mm-hmm. And do you think that, do you, do you see a difference in your connection with God, your ability to hear? Do you see things change because you fasted? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like when you're not a runner and you decide to set out to like 
trained, say, for a 5K. Mm-hmm. The first couple of days, you feel like you're about to die and <laughs> right. you've only ran for 60 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But as you continue strengthening your body and your resistance, there comes a point where you're like, hey, mm-hmm. I can run for a steady mile yeah. in just a little bit and with a little bit of stamina, I'm I'm creating that resistance. It's the same principle that applies to the spirit. Mm-hmm. And fasting is one of those training tools that we have to become stronger spiritually. I sometimes think of fasting, this is such a silly analogy, but I sometimes think of fasting like in Mario Brothers, where he yeah. jumps up and bumps his head and the mushroom comes out and it doubles him yeah. in size. Like when there is something I feel like I'm in a I'm in a rut about with the Lord or I'm or I can't figure out the right decision or or I need something to change. I mm-hmm. will fast because it feels like the 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 kind of the extra power we need sometimes to move right. the heart of God to hear more clearly. I mean, it can be a it doesn't have to be forty days; it can be a day. But right. man, it sure it sure changes my connection to step into that discipline. And I must say something about fasting that uh, my former pastor, when I lived in Orlando, Sam Hinn, taught me. We were doing a prolonged fast. I was in the middle of tour. It was really hard to like be selective with my food items. And I'm like getting up on platform, like about to pass out. So I called him up and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to complete this phase of the fast. I really want to be involved, but it's so hard. And he said, Christine, just stop. And I said, but if I stop, I'm going to fail God. He's like, no, you're not. You cannot impress God. Wow. You can't. Whatever you do, Jesus already did it better. <laughs> right. You know? That's so right. this fasting is not for God. Yes, it's an act of, of you submitting your will to get closer to him. But it's really for you. It's for you to get close to God because he's eternally drawing near to you. Mm-hmm. Fasting is just an act of you doing the other part and drawing near to him and strengthening that ability to do that. So it's not about, Oh, I fasted 40 days. So I should get an award. No, you should not. Your, your reward is you're closer to God now. Mm -hmm. And that, that is the best reward. Oh, I mean, yeah. And, and I think it's one of the things I love. I mean, I'm sure you've read this, but so many times in the gospels, they'll talk about how the Pharisees fasted two days a week. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like such a normal and not everything they did was terrible. Like they were very devout and yes. and fasting was just such a normal part of their rhythms. And so I like I like having it as a normal part of my rhythm, but also as a tool in my back pocket of like, oh, if I need something extra, if I need more connection, if I need more focus, I know I've got this tool mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it is very helpful. Okay, so since you did that, how have you seen your ministry change now that you're into Portuguese and not just English and Spanish? Well, it's amazing that when you set out purposely to to seek God's will and, and make the human sacrifices that you must to surrender your will to His and do His, it's amazing how you learn more than anything what He wants Mm. I've I've heard that question so many times, Annie. People are like, I don't know what God wants for me. I don't yeah. know what God's will is for me. I don't know what his purpose is for me. Well, the more you cultivate relationship with him through prayer, through fasting, uh, absolutely through reading his word and just mm-hmm. taking the time and discipline daily to do it, you figure out like a friend who spends a lot of time with their BFF 
that you know i don't know if it's happened with you and your your best friends that they'll just like look at you a certain way and you know exactly what's going through their mind mm -hmm. or they'll make a little <laughs> little sound or something you're yeah like, oh, i know what you're thinking it, it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. It's the same way with God. He becomes our BFF. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not necessary for like a supernatural show mm -hmm. of what he wants for you to understand where it is that he wants you to go and what he wants you to do. And so that's what happens with my ministry. Like at this point, my biggest barometer I've learned that God has given me is peace. Hmm. So when I feel his peace on something, even if there's a lot of uncertainty in, in different areas, I know that he's in it. And in the same way, when everything seems to be falling perfectly into place, but I don't feel peace, I know he's not in it. Ah, uh, wow. Not because it's a good or a bad thing, but just because it's not what he wants for me in that moment. Right, right. And that's the way he'll tell me. Yep you either have peace or you don't have peace. And I always follow my barometer of peace. And so that's what I've been doing since the 16 years that I've been, you know, doing music ministry and speaking. If, if, if a big door opens, like, wow, tremendous opportunity, but I don't have peace. I'm like, I'm mm, going to have to pass on this one. Girl, and sometimes my managers go a little crazy. And yeah. I know they're listening now and they're going to be like, yeah, she does that all the time. Like, but you know, Top manager, top dog is Jesus, and he don't want me to do that. That's right. right. <laughs> I was about to say, will you talk about that for a minute? Because there's so much, all of our friends listening have these doors open or these moments come to them where they go, this looks like it should be good, but my gut is saying no. Mm -hmm, or this this mm -hmm. money would be great for our family, but something is something feels sideways. Or I that that guy seemed really nice, but I don't feel peace about going out with him again. Kind of mm -hmm. talk about the power of trusting your gut when you're in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Well, I read a meme the other day. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> that it really did touch me down deep. Uh -huh. It wasn't a funny meme. It was like, you know, one of these inspirational ones. Yeah. It says, sometimes God takes people out of your life because he can hear conversations that you can't. Oh, girl. Listen, that is good. And I was wow. like, <clears throat> that just preached to me uh -huh, <laughs> because uh -huh. he, he, he can see all perspectives of every aspect of every human's life. Think about it. Yeah. He knows every single person in the spirit, in the soul, in the mind and in the body. Hmm. So he is privy to information that we will never be privy to. And he knows how convenient or inconvenient our relationship with certain people and certain things and certain places is going to fire or backfire in our lives. So right. I've, I've learned to not ask too many questions about relationships. And I've learned also that God just puts you through a sifter sometimes mm -hmm. when he's about to promote you to another level mm. of depth in his presence. I don't like to say higher level because I don't, I don't think we're we're meant to go up. I think we're just meant to go deeper and down. Yeah. yeah. And the deeper we go, the more he's glorified in our life. So when he's ready to like propulse you into a new level of depth in him and in your spiritual life, sometimes he'll put you through a sifter mm -hmm. and he will separate what's fine from what's not fine. And sometimes that means that there are relationships with people or location and places or things in our life that are kind of held back and won't go with you to that next level 
because either they're not ready to go there with you or it's just not the moment in time for them to be a participant of what the mm -hmm. Lord wants to do with mm -hmm. you. But what I've learned with that is whenever God sifts you from friends, from people, from places, from things, that space and that void that is left and that grief that we have to go through every single time that happens is replaced with other people and other places and other things that are going to fortify you mm. to be able to fulfill God's will in this new level. And I've been through that process many, many times. And I have learned to be like, oh yeah, God's just sifting me. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's getting ready to pour something new on me mm. and, and he's just making me ready for it. It's going to be okay. And when we all get to heaven, we'll be able to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey friends, just taking a short break from this conversation with Christine to give a shout out to our amazing partners at Thrive Market. Y'all, I love Thrive Market so much. With all the things we're juggling every day between work and friends and exercise and everything else, it's so nice that Thrive Market helps simplify my pantry situation. See, Thrive Market is an online membership-based marketplace that has the absolute best selection of high-quality, healthy, sustainable products. I love that I can get my pantry staples like the canned vegetables I use and bone broth. Y'all, I always get my bone broth now from Thrive Market. I just have it on hand when I'm feeling inspired to like whip up a soup or cartons of almond milk for my chai. You know, I love a chai day Friday and I don't want to lug all the heavy stuff up the stairs to my condo. <laughs> and by the way, when you join Thrive Market, I just really encourage you to try some of the pepperoni crisps. I added them to my order one time and now I add them every time. They're a delicious little salty snack or I, sometimes I put them on top of salads. And with Thrive, you can shop in over 70 diets or lifestyles like keto or paleo or gluten-free and they make it so easy. And best of all, you can get everything you need delivered right to your home. Skip the store and the lines and lugging stuff up your stairs, my friends. Y'all are always looking for ways to be kind even in your buying habits. And when you join Thrive Market, it's a way you can give back. Through Thrive Gives, their one-for-one -one membership matching program, every paid membership sponsors a free one for a low-income family. Thrive Market members save an average of $32 on every order. Seriously, I consistently save money on the things I'm buying anyway. Thrive Market is good for you and the planet. Orders of $49 or more are shipped for free and delivered with carbon-neutral shipping from their zero-waste warehouses. Thrive Market has raised over $1 million to date through their COVID-19 relief fund. I like them so much, y'all. So go to thrivemarket.com slash that sounds fun. Join today and you'll get a free gift of your choosing up to $24 in value. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash that sounds fun to start your risk-free membership and get a free gift today. Again, that's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com com slash that sounds fun. And listen, if you find snacks that I should be adding to my Thrive Market order, will you please tell me? I would really appreciate it because I I love that place and I love ordering from there. So now back to our conversation with Christine DeClario. Uh, you're right. We need three hours because I'm like, I have so many things I want you to say about this. <laughs> but so when you, even when you say that, the idea of, there are these no's that we're feeling in our in our spirit, in our guts. They're going, this is a no. You want to turn left, but you need to turn right. Like, like mm -hmm. trust it because you never know what God's bringing. And you're saying, even in those moments where I feel like I'm being 
sifted where I feel like I'm being pruned back, I mm-hmm. know it is for a bigger thing. So those days, I feel like I'm in one of those yeah. is why I'm asking you this, Christina. I feel like I'm in okay. this place where there are some places where I keep going like, Lord, it's never been this much of a desert. We've never mm-hmm. had this much of where I feel like I'm up on a shelf or I'm, you know, yeah. and, and so in these moments when we're praying right here, are you thanking God for knowing you're being pruned back because he's about to do something? Or are you asking him to stop pruning? What does your prayer life look like when, when you're in the middle of the pruning? When I'm in the middle of the pruning, there's a whole lot of whining. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay, like, great. if I said, oh, I, I'm forever thankful because my Lord, no, I'm not going to be hypocritical with you, Annie Downs. I love you so much. I whine at God like my little girl whines at me when she's sick and tired of something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's just a dad-daughter thing that yeah. I know he can take it. Mm. And he's told me time and time again, there's nothing you can do that's going to get me offended. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you have to lay your burden down on me, just lay it down. That's what I've been asking you to do since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. Come to me, you heavy laden. Just lay your burden at my feet, however way you need to. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means just saying, I don't understand what you're doing, God. Mm -hmm. Why won't you let me do this or that? I would feel so much comfortable if I didn't have to go through this process again and again and again. Mm -hmm. But other times it's just like quiet. And other times it's like, okay, I can smile because I see the the ray of light at the end of the tunnel. God can take it is what I want to say. And when you just said uh, what you said that, you know, you you were there and, and you wanted to know you you want to know what my answer was. I mm-hmm. got this vision just like just now. And so I, I could just feel the Holy Spirit tell me, well, well, maybe she's carrying a trailer. Mm. And I'm like, huh. He reminded me of the last time my husband, Carlos, and I hooked up a, like a U-Haul trailer to our truck. Yeah. And we were trying to transport it somewhere. And we followed a faulty GPS and got a little bit lost in like a neighborhood that had small streets. Yeah. And we were trying to back up with this big trailer and it wasn't working out. And like whenever we wanted to go right, the trailer would like do whatever it wanted. Uh-huh. And we got so stuck in this dead end. And, and Carlos is so calm. Out. So I can imagine. <laughs> Girl, these people start coming out and looking out their windows like what is going on? It was so embarrassing. And then I remember someone saying, I don't know who said it if it was google or if it was a one of those neighbors like you need to steer in the opposite direction Hmm. and so sometimes in our lives we have baggage and we're going through seasons where where we have to carry our cross and sometimes our cross looks like a big old trailer Hmm. that we're not used to carrying yeah that we're being trained and strengthened and fortified in carrying it but we don't have a clue sometimes how we're going to do that so sometimes the best way to get out of a bind when you're carrying that heavy old cross is to steer in the opposite direction because there are things that don't come second nature to us, but that are second nature of the spirit. And his Mm -hmm. logic is not necessarily our logic. His math doesn't amount to our math. He's infinite. So sometimes the Holy Spirit will, will be there like, go in the opposite direction. Do the opposite thing that what your gut is telling you to do. Just wow. go follow what I'm trying to tell you. It mm-hmm. might not seem like much, but it's going to work and you're going to get out of this dead end. And so I, I feel that there's a lot of people that are listening right now. They're like, I don't understand. 
Hmm. Why I'm so stuck? Well, maybe you're carrying a trailer and you're, you're, the size of your cross is demanding that you go in the opposite direction. I was about to say, in the trailer, the, in, the, in, in, in what you're feeling from the Holy Spirit, the trailer is not the problem. It's not a bad trailer. It's right. the, the what you are bringing into the space you're bringing it into is going to take some maneuvering. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And steer in the and, opposite direction. And he helps us. We just need to, we need to, to learn mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. let him lead. Okay. Not lead our own lives, but just let him lead. And sometimes he'll lead us in an opposite direction than where we want to go. And it's okay. You know why? Because in the end, when we delight in the Lord, he does grant us the, desire, the desires of our heart. Mm-hmm. It's just in his timing. Yeah. Which is always perfect. Yeah. That Well, let, okay. So that leads. Good segue, my friend, because can hey. we please talk about Ian and Kenzie? I mean, yes. your children sweets. are so cute. And mm-hmm. I remember when we were in Ecuador, did we go in 15 or 16? I think it was 15. Okay. So 15, because y'all were thinking about, you and Carlos were thinking about starting a family. You had done some things, but you were saying to me even then, y'all were mm-hmm. really struggling with yes. getting pregnant. We so, had at that point already started and we were, uh, I'm not sure if we had visited a doctor yet, but you know, we were following recommendations of, well, Try for a year because sometimes, you know, when you try to have a baby, it doesn't happen right away, especially when you've, you know, lived and done birth control for a long time mm-hmm. as I had. And after that, like it it was a two year thing mm-hmm. where wow. the doctor sat me down after checking me out and said, you exhibit all of the symptoms of like a, a chronic endometriosis. And by the the symptoms you're describing, it it sounds severe. And what the phenomenon that happens, it's a very unpredictable type of of condition. With some women, you're fine. With other women, it renders your womb completely dead. Right. And the way he explained it was, it seems like you've had it for your entire womanhood since puberty because you've had these symptoms since then. And that's over 20 years. And such a long chronic condition of endometriosis almost always renders the womb inactive. And I'm like, wait, are you saying what I think you're saying? He's like, yes, we can go in for surgery. Let's schedule surgery. It's really the only way that we're going to be able to counteract. And even after surgery, you need to be prepared that you might never have children. Wow. And it was a big blow because I remember when I met Carlos and God spoke to my heart that he was the one, the way he said it was, behold, the father of your children. And I'm like, I know there's a promise on me to have kids. Like the Bible is full of miracles and, you know, and promises about childbearing. So why am I going through this? So that was two years of me. It was like my masterclass on surrender. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I had to literally surrender everything. And when I did, I, there was a prayer meeting at church. I had uh, people pray for me and I felt like somebody was in that moment pouring like hot liquid into my womb. Like it was like burning me from the inside out for about like 30 minutes. Oh my god! It was like a living, swooshing, oscillating, going on inside of me. And I'm like, I know you're healing me, Lord. I know you're up to something because this is like, this is too physically tangible. And I could feel fire inside of me. And this has mm. never really happened before. So wow. a couple months later, I went in for the surgery that was um, scheduled. And the doctor went in and came out. Carlos said he was literally scratching his head. Uh, and he was a non-believer. 
scratching his head and he said, uh, Mr. Kaban, uh, I'm really, really confused because I was certain that it was going to take us hours to clear out all that weird dead tissue from your wife's womb yeah. and abdomen. And we went in and like he was carrying a bunch of pictures and I took pictures of all of her internal organs and I couldn't find anything, not a lesion, not not uh, an adhesion. And every time this condition is there, it leaves a mark behind. And there's nothing. All I could see is brand new organs. Like all of her organs are in perfect. She has the womb of a teenager. She's Mm -mm. good. And uh, after I recovered from that surgery, I had a little more surrendering to do. So there was four months of me trying again and, and the Lord not granting it because there was still my you know my my objective of getting pregnant and having a kid had become an idol to me wow i was obsessed with it yeah and it wasn't until i surrendered that and like literally had a heart to heart with god and said you know what god i am really desperate to have a kid but if you don't want to give me one i would understand and i would be content just knowing that you healed me from this debilitating condition yeah and that that doctor that didn't serve you actually had to say the only way I can explain this is it's it's divine intervention. Like this was a miracle. There's no other way to justify it. And he put it on the record. Yeah. Like divine intervention. (gasps) That's cool. (laughs) Yes. That was pretty cool to watch. And so after that happened and I surrendered the last bit of it, I got pregnant the next month and it was a total surprise because I had already like thrown everything out and like, nah, not going to do the whole pregnancy test again. And I was, <laughs> I was cleaning my bathroom it was spring cleaning in the middle of summer as we do. And I found right. an old pregnancy test and I was going to throw it away. And then I could hear my mom's voice in the back of my head. You don't throw away things that are perfectly good. <laughs> so I'm like, well, let me open it up and, you know, do the little test a favor and fulfill its purpose. Before sure, it sure, sure. <laughs> and lo and behold, pregnant. Wow very pregnant and it was like the most celebratory thing and so we had ian the birth the birth was traumatic it was very difficult he was born with his lungs filled with fluid and uh i ruptured a lot so i almost bled out so we almost we both almost died and it was hard um though the pregnancy was perfect Mm -hmm. i mean i had moms hating on me really (laughs) because i was doing so good with that pregnancy i was like joyful and glowing and Mm -hmm. i had strength and you know i was you know up on platform jumping and 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 worshiping and everybody's like i'm looking here yeah yeah and then when i had ian the trauma of his birth uh it took a toll on me and then when he was seven months old I got pregnant again with my little confirmation, (laughs) (laughs) which is Miss Kenzie. You know, when you get your miracle, you always have to look out for the overabundance because it's coming somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And she is a very extra. She is overly abundantly everything. Oh, she's perfect. Magnified. Yes. Oh, you and her would be two peas in a pod. I believe it. She's got sass. She's got talent. She loves words and yeah. lyrics and reading and oh. preaching at people. Oh, um, but when Kenzie was born, though the birth was very redeeming, I started suffering from postpartum depression. And it was very aggressive, very dark. 
Were you I surprised? Had all of the signs. I was very surprised. Yeah. Because I mean, you've you've met me and known me well yeah. enough to see that my my personality is exact opposite of anything depressive. That's right. I'm I'm full of life. I love injecting hope into other people and I'm super bubbly and super positive. You know, my strengths are positivity, connectedness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can we can take on the world. And then to start feeling that there was a sadness that was so deep within me mm-hmm. that I couldn't shake it. Wow. While I had these two mir- two miracle babies right. that I should be happy about. Right. Yet I don't feel the strength in me to even muster up a smile and the sense of inadequacy mm. and of of feeling like there's no way that I'll be able to fulfill being a mother right. I'm not going to be a good wife anymore because I'm just this broken shadow of what I was. Mm-hmm. And the person that I loved to be is no more. And so I was heavily attacked by suicide during that season. Wow. And it was so difficult to get up on platform and proclaim life out of just pure faith because what you're feeling is opposite to what you're living in the spirit. Yeah. That's and right. that was such a battle. And I, I, I had already faced suicidal thoughts when I was younger and the Lord delivered me from that. So to be back there and also to be a public figure And also that the center of my message was life and hope. Yes. And to feel like my life was ending as I knew it. And there was a risk of my life ending at my own hand Mm. brought so much shame and so much guilt to me that it made me a prisoner of my silence. I couldn't, I just couldn't muster up the courage. I mean, were you even, were you telling Carlos or anybody? No one. The only person who was able to get it out of me was my midwife. Oh my goodness. She was like, I got to keep birth in here. We're not done. Uh Something's got to get out. Yeah. Yes. And she was actually, it was my last appointment with her and my, my body healed miraculously well. Mm. It was just like, I was leading worship two weeks after I had Kenzie up on platform, like nothing ever happened. (gasps) Ah. Super strong physically. And then on my discharge appointment, she checked everything. She's like, you are good to go, but I have one question to ask you. And she sat eye level with me and said, what's going on in your heart? What's happening inside of you? Tell me what's going on. Wow. And I felt so confronted and so safe to be vulnerable with her. And I broke down. Wow. And I told her everything I was facing, the inadequacy, the sadness, the the lingering hopelessness. And I told her, I this is really hard for me to say, but I feel like I don't want to live anymore. So she gave me a card uh, and she said, this is a woman of God. She's a therapist. I need you to call her, make an appointment with her. And I am going to be calling and texting you every hour until mm-hmm. you have told me that you made that appointment with her. Wow. And she did every hour. Have every you found hour. her? Have you made an appointment? Have you made the appointment? Have you made the appointment? I'm praying for you. Have you made the appointment? And until I said, yes, I made the appointment for so-and-so day, she said, okay, I'm going to check on you tomorrow. And that was my lifeline. That that saved my life, literally. Because at this point, I couldn't trust myself with my safety. Yes. And it was the best thing I ever did. After I, I you know, submitted myself to counseling and therapy, I recommend it to every single person oh, on this Oh, me too, girl. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> it's amazing how we never cultivate the mind as we should mm-hmm. until it's too late. Um, and the same way we take care of our bodies, we need to take care of our minds. 
Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I think it is so important for people to hear you say this because you also, it's so, because when God answers your prayer, when you get the miracle you've been waiting on, it is okay if you are not happy every day for the rest of your life. Exactly. I think there's a lot of self or a lot of misunderstanding that like, I'm not allowed to suffer like that. I'm not allowed to feel depressed. I'm not allowed to feel disappointed or frustrated or anything because I finally got the miracle I've been waiting for. I'm finally healed mm-hmm. or finally have the kids or whatever the thing is. And and so I, I love that you're kind of dispelling that and dispelling the the thing in Christendom that says we can't talk about suicidal thoughts because we right. should. And yes. And we are attacked by it. I mean, pastors are amongst the people that most commit suicide in the world. Really? Yes. And those those statistics were alarming to me. You know, when I went into like my deep rabbit hole of research, I'm like, okay, I'm depressed. How do I get out of this? Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I started investigating on it and I found a book. Um, I'm not going to mention uh, the author's name because he does not believe in God, but he wrote a book on depression and the root causes of depression. And he comes to the conclusion that depression, it, uh, uh, it is a symptom of depression to have chemical imbalance and mm. not the cause. The cause of depression is a combination of two things mainly. Number one, it's unmet needs. And number two, it's lack of good community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To not have a family of people surrounding you with which you would feel safe to be yourself in. Uh And to not have basic needs, intricate needs of your humanity met. Things like companionship, to love and be loved to fulfill um, your your life's passions and, and your work and to feel valuable and useful. The lack of all of those main things starts building up over time, creating reactions in your body that later we call depression. Right. Um, and that was huge to me because I realized that, yes, there was a lot of things that I was doing right. But when it came to cultivating myself, I was doing so many things wrong. Mm-hmm. One of the things being that I was putting everybody else in my life first. Yeah. And it's good to be selfless. That's a Christian woman thing that happens. (laughs) Very much so. I was forgetting that Christine, the person, needed Christine's grace. Mm. Wow. As much as I was extending grace to other people. Right. The internal dialogue that I had with myself was very tyrannical and very condemning. Yeah. And I had a question asked to me that just broke me down. It's like, okay, think about your internal dialogue, the way you speak to yourself, the way you hold yourself accountable, the words you choose to use against yourself in your mind. Mm. And would you speak to a five-year-old that way? Oh, wow. And I was just shook by it. I was like, absolutely not. I would, you know, speak in the most kind, loving way to a five-year-old. And my therapist said, well, inside of you, there is a still five-year-old Christine. And whenever you speak to yourself in an aggressive way and you don't extend grace to yourself, that is who you're speaking to. You're not speaking to Christine, the adult. You're speaking to the wounded child that is still in you. Mm. And that was a a huge perspective for me. It's like, oh, well, no wonder I'm so depressed. You know, I'm the one beating myself off the top of the head with, with my own words. So let's start with that. And let's let's start with not wrestling myself mm-hmm. so aggressively. Mm-hmm. And then that will help heal an area that'll strengthen me to be able to tackle all the other things that I need to heal. I mean, and I'm still uh, undergoing my process. It's been two years, a little over two years now 
that, you know, I've been healing from postpartum depression. I feel like I'm way on the other side of it. Um, But, you know, you have your good days, you have your bad days. And on your bad days, you just need to use the tools that you've learned. Primary, knowing that the anchor of our hope is Christ. And his word is what, you know, continues breathing hope when we simply feel like we're losing track of it. That's right. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Ancestry. This time of year is one of my favorite times to get together with family. I'm a sucker for a good tradition and for making memories. You know, all of us in the F Downs family love history, and it's especially fun to know about the origins of our family and the stories associated with our family history. With COVID causing, as you know, a lot of adjustments this year, it's possible that family gatherings might not look quite like they usually do. I know ours isn't going to. And even if you can't all be under one roof for the holidays, Ancestry has some fun family gifts available at great prices. Surprise the people you love with an Ancestry gift membership so they can discover the fascinating people in their past. The holiday sale at Ancestry is the perfect time to treat someone you love to a gift that connects them to family in new, meaningful ways. Find amazing prices on gifts that will let your family explore their past, share fascinating stories, and discover the places around the world that your ancestors called home. The holidays are a great time to connect with family, and Ancestry's holiday sale is the perfect time to treat someone you love to a gift they'll never forget. Don't miss special holiday pricing on truly meaningful gifts during the holiday sale at Ancestry. Head to our URL, Ancestry.com slash TSF, like that sounds fun, to get your Ancestry gift today. That's Ancestry.com slash TSF. And now back to finish our conversation with Christine. I want you to talk to two different groups real quick. Mm-hmm. Will you talk to men or women who are feeling that depression right now and are having suicidal thoughts or having any of that ideation? What's their next move? First of all, you need to tell someone. Yeah. But don't just tell anyone. If there is someone in your life that you can trust to be vulnerable with and you hold in high esteem that they have wisdom, Especially if, if there's somebody, uh, maybe it's a spiritual leader that, you know, is connected with God or a therapy center or a counseling centers, someone you can trust enough to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing how much power we take away from the enemy when we bring what is hidden in darkness into the light. Right. Um, and so that's the first thing. If you confess, then you have someone who can check on you and hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Second know that this will not last forever it's just a season yeah it will pass and i many people told me that when i was in the thick of it and i was like yeah right that sounds pretty but my life feels like it's over as everything i loved about my life is done why do i keep living it Mm. but I, i believe me i have a renewal of hope because i chose to believe that it would just be a season despite all the very convincing arguments that I was getting in my head that, that it wasn't. Mm. And third, I would say, let your family know. Um, and good. try not to let them know in a moment of lash out. Cause I know uh, if your personality is like mine, it's like somebody might 
push you to the limit that you'll just lash it out. I just want to kill myself. It loses validity when it comes with anger. Hmm. But if you sit down and choose to be vulnerable, which I think there's nothing more empowering in our lives than choosing to be vulnerable and expose what's going on inside. Sit down with the people you most love and the people that most show their affection towards you by being there with you, even when you're not very nice. Mm -hmm. Right. And (laughs) sit sit down with them and, and speak heart to heart with them Mm -hmm. and just explain, I'm feeling this. I don't know what to do. I feel like I need help. Yes. It's it's surprising how the people that are closest to you that you're most afraid to confess to, it's it's so amazing how they will surround you when you're hurting the most. Yes. Yes. Don't be afraid to confess. And if you do confess and it's not well received because there are people that are going through other stuff right that might disable them to understand then move on to a professional. Yeah. See a professional, do whatever you have to do to get healthy again. And know that it, again, I'll say it again, this will not last forever. It will not. Yeah. Hear me. It will pass. Mm -hmm. I promise you it is a guarantee that this too shall pass. Yes, that is right. That's a good word. Now that the other group I'm thinking of, Christine, is the women who are either they're in the middle of grieving a miscarriage or Mm -hmm. they want to be moms and haven't had the opportunity yet, or they are there, they and their husband are trying and it's just not working yet, but they feel that same like promise that like, Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I think this is what God has for me. What, what would you say to them today? You know, when uh, David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Yeah. This is just an example of what going through the valley of the shadow of death means. But one thing that I like to imagine that David meant with that, if I were to Uh like create a story about the valley of the shadow of death, yeah, you know, if I were to to create a, a novel about it, I would see it as, you know, the, the big dark woods, yeah. It's like super creepy and has a whole bunch of red eyes looking at you and you don't <laughs> want to go in there, but it's the only way to get to the other side. Uh-huh. And the only way out is through. Yeah. That's what the Valley of the Shadow of Death means to me, especially after what I've been through. So there is a secret in that Valley of Shadow. Mm. And it's that in the dead center of it, where it's darkest, where it's scariest, where it's coldest, there is a key that is up for grabbing. Mm. If you would only allow the Holy Spirit to guide you in, to, and through it. Okay. And that key is called authority. Okay, keep going. It's an authority that you can only get by going through that valley of shadows. Wow. And that authority and that key can open doors for anyone that crosses your path that is entering into that valley of shadows. You follow? You see what yeah. I'm what I'm trying to yeah. say? Yeah. It's 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 a it's an authority that only you can have because you've experienced it. If you have overcome, survived, if you have had victory over a specific area of healing, it's like there's a mark on your spirit like a badge, like yep. a, a promotion, like a like a military increase. Yes, yes. That makes you have authority and speak 
speak and and take dominion over the spirits that surround those areas of struggle. For mm-hmm. instance, I know now that I have absolute authority to speak unto women that are going through infertility because I have already been baptized in the anointing of that healing. Yeah. And it's already run through my body for my healing, but it continues because anointing and healing is eternal. Yes. We have the power to walk back into those moments of manifestation. Mm -hmm. And I, I have already prayed for countless women after that has happened. And they have received their healing, not because of me. It's because I have that authority. God gave yeah. me a key that I could only find in the Valley of Shadows. Ah, uh, that's good. I mean, that's true for anybody persevering through anything. When you get to the other yes. side, you have a key that you did not have before. So if your kids have graduated high school and you're an empty nester, you have a key that people with elementary school kids have do, have, do not have. Yes. And, and you, you can, can pray. speak. You have authority yes. over yes. it. And 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 whatever spirits are attached to it, because we do know that there are certain things as physical conditions and infirmity. We we live in a in a world that is is broken that way. Mm-hmm. But we also know that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Right. We war with spirits in 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 the dark of darkness that move in the heavenly realm and in, in the eternal realm that are out to get us. And most of those spirits attach themselves and, and disguise themselves as physical conditions. So someone with the authority that has already survived that and been through that can speak into those spirits and be like, you know what? You have got to go. I know yeah. you. I recognize you. Yeah, I you recognize have, you. You've got <laughs> no power here. That's right. I've seen you before. I've smelled your stench. Yep. So you need to leave. Right. This is not a place for you. And it 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 is all the better. It's It's a greater tool of agreement. Because where two or more are gathered in his name, where two or more agree for a purpose, the Lord grants his presence and and his will over that thing that you agree upon. And now imagine if you were agreeing with like, if there's a war out there and your dad is like the top chief of the military Mm -hmm. in the entire nation. Whatever he says goes. Now imagine if 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 your dad was like president of the United States. Whatever he says goes. Well, yeah. that's the kind of authority you want to partner with. The yeah. higher you grow in your trials and tribulations brings a greater weight yes. and depth of God's glory unto us. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's a greater understanding of of how faithful God is, but it's also a greater level of authority. So I would say uh don't ask why am I going through this? Don't ask to go through it fast, though I know that's our tendency. We want to get through pain quickly. Mm -hmm. Start asking the Holy Spirit for what? For what I am going through this. Lord, what Uh what is the authority you want to give me? How do you want me to minister to others in this process? Because that's at the end of the day what it's all about. Mm. Building others as we build ourselves. That's so good to say, okay, I'm not I'm not asking you to rush me through this, Lord. I'm not asking you to leave me here a day longer than you have to, but yes. I'm not asking you to rush me through this. But tell me what you what is the key you have for me while we're in here? My biggest key has been surrender. Mm. And it's 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 what God just pulls me back to. Yeah. Because I can easily take a tendency to take charge of my life again. Oh, girl. I was wired that way through trauma when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So now I need to understand that that's just a a defense mechanism. Yeah. 
it's it's just a way for me to feel safe but when i yeah. find my safety in the arms of the all, all almighty god and the most high who when he surrounds me nothing else can ever touch me or harm yeah. me yeah i learned to surrender and i'm i just got an image i don't know who this is for let's go but i see a, a very tightly clenched fist mm. and i know that there are especially a lot of women that have been leading their lives with a very tightly clenched fist. Yeah. And it's easy for us as women to do because even in, in today's modern age, women suffer through so much oppression yeah. and so much stigma. And it's very easy for us to grasp onto the past and grasp onto our pain and grasp onto our resentment and even grasp onto our future with a really tight hand. But what God is asking us to do is to release to yeah. just let go. And it's not something that usually happens from night to day. When you have grown for so long with the clenched fist, the muscles surrounding that action start to atrophy and yeah. it takes some force to unclench. And I learned that with my son, with Ian, when when he was born, he was in the NICU for eight days. And I had to practice some touch therapy on him because every couple hours they were coming to stick him with a needle or something. Wow. So he, he developed a little bit of a trauma with like letting anybody touch his feet or his hands. Mm -hmm. And he had a very, very clenched fist all the time when I brought him home. And it took me a very soothing kind amount of, of, of just reassurance, but force to be able to open up his little fist because he didn't want anybody to touch him. But it wasn't until he understood and saying over and over again, honey, this is love. This is grace. This is not pain. Mommy is not going to hurt you. You're never going to be in that situation again. We are safe. Everything's fine. It was a week of that before he let me touch his hand and he unclenched his fist. Aww. Because his little baby muscles were already starting to form yeah. and grow around that clenching. Yeah. So there are, are people that are watching us whose, whose spiritual and soul muscles have been forming in an atrophied way over them, holding on so hard to their past. Mm. So I challenge you today as a strong woman that you are, as a strong man that you are, to just choose to release, choose to forgive. And mind you, forgiveness was not designed for the object that's forgiven. Right. <laughs> forgiveness that's is right. designed to release and to heal the forgiver. That's right. So open up, choose to forgive, release people of judgment, because we are not supposed to judge anyone, including ourselves. And if you have to forgive yourself, that's a biggie. Yep. But choose to release because only then will you have open hands to be able to receive. That's right. That's Unclench right. that fist. Open up. Release that burden to the feet of the cross. And maintain your hearts and your spirits in an open position to receive what God has for you. And I assure you it's going to be amazing and beyond your wildest dreams. This is this exact conversation, Christine, is why we need to uh, practice and celebrate Sabbath because you are stirring mm -hmm. up so many things <laughs> in yep. me. And, and I'm taking so many notes so quickly that I'm like, I'm tomorrow is my Sabbath for this week. And I'm like, oh, I'm just so thankful that I get to 
sit under these notes and under what mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's saying to me and like actually have time to process it mm-hmm. and to go a like big, a, yes. a big, big phrase in that I've learned that I've, I've learned to love and I've learned to hate. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's something that my therapist continually gives me as homework. Uh-huh. It's three words. Sit with it. Mm. It's not fun. Sit with it. What are you feeling? What's going on inside of you? Sit with it. Because if you can't fix something that you don't understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we need to be able to name it in order to be able to eradicate it. Yeah. If you can't call it by name and you can't know it inside and out, it chances are it'll it'll come back because it'll 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 become undetectable to you if you don't know it. Yeah, that's right. So the more you sit with it, especially the hard feelings, mm-hmm. the better you're able to heal them. And there have been countless times that I've been like, I don't want to sit with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want to sit with anger. I'm not an angry person. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I've had to. You have I've to. had to. Yep. That's right. And I've had to just let the people around me know, hey, uh, I'm sitting with something right now mm-hmm. and it might not be pretty. So if you sense me uh, having a little bit of a tone or an attitude or a little extra sass. Yeah. Just know that I'm sitting with something. Just know I'm sitting with it. I'm sitting with something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe take two steps back. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For your own sake. Have grace on me. I'm healing right now. That's right. Oh, friend. I mean, you're right. We could do this for two more hours. Mm -hmm. Will you just come back soon and please keep... We so I want to make sure everybody knows, and I'll make sure to say this after you know in the intro and outro. Your Christmas EP just released last week, Woo-hoo! and I mean it is your first ever Christmas EP, which is very exciting. Yes. And we've also got the Spanish version of Where the Spirit of the Lord Is, mm-hmm. and uh, Portuguese as well. Yes, and, and I love well. listening, like crazy. Love your other songs. I love listening in Spanish because I am a. I like to learn Spanish, but b. I just like songs that I know in English and hearing them in Spanish and being like, okay, God, let's connect here too. Mm-hmm. And and um, I, I love how your reason turns off when you don't understand the language, but you know the song. Yeah, that's right. And then right. all that's left on is your spirit. Mm, right. And it's like, okay, flesh, go away. Come that's on, right. spirit time. That's right. <laughs> so here's what we do. We always end the show and we normally end it in one way where I ask a specific question. But if I'm trusting my gut, I would just love for you to pray with us and we yes. pray for us. So will you just close the show by praying for for the people that that Holy Spirit puts on your heart right now? I just feel like there are people who are stirred up and don't know what to do next. And so mm-hmm. I would just encourage our friends listening, just like, Pull your car over, open your hands, pause the treadmill, Mm -hmm. open your hands. And Christine, will you just pray over us? Right now, Lord Jesus, we come before you and we thank you. We praise you and we honor you because you are good and your mercy endures forever. And for that, we're so grateful, Lord. Right now, we come before you, Lord, asking you to come meet us where we are. Lord, to show us that you are the good dad that not only loves us with unconditional love, but you're the good dad that has insistent, persistent love enough to stay with us even when we're in a rut and don't have strength to stand up. You're the one that shows us what true love is by whispering into our ears when we are so saturated with the noise. You're the one who knows how to sit in silence when we can't take another word. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, our comforter, our guide, our teacher, our friend, to come right now and just slowly penetrate into our hearts. 
until you take over completely. Mm-hmm. Right now, Lord, we say we release whatever we've been holding on to that does not come from you. And we welcome the soothing caress of your burning fire to just consume us from the inside out. And we, we set our ears and our eyes to be able to hear and see what you want us to hear and see in this season. Lord, and help us to ask you, what is the purpose of this? Show us what you want to show us. Make us ready to understand the lessons that you want to teach us in this season. And in the name of Jesus, may the peace that surpasses all understanding just come and blow like a light, tranquil breeze onto our spirits, falling through to our souls and our minds and coming right out manifesting in our bodies. I feel that there are some people right now that are feeling a breeze and they know it's not a natural breeze. It's the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit just breathing and, and 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 the respirator of God just moving in and out of you right now. Some people are feeling it physically right now. I know it's a sign that he is there. It's a sign that you are not alone. And it is a sign that he sees you and still accepts you and is walking hand in hand with you through this. Mm-hmm. This too shall pass. Lord, we speak that hope. We speak that hope unto our hearts. Lord, and, and in the hopeless hearts, come with your fire and ignite the coals of their hearts again. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, I pray freedom and deliverance from our past, from our brokenness, from our wounds. I pray guidance to all truth because you are the spirit of truth. And I pray, Lord, that this season will be the center of major celebration. And when it is over and we've had some awakening in our lives, you will empower us to bring others out of it too. In Jesus' name. Lord, and I speak to the mothers who are mothers in their hearts, but it hasn't manifested in their bodies yet. I speak out the promises of your word, Lord, that there shall be no barren woman amongst your people. Lord, and we we claim those promises because you ask us to remind you and constantly remember your promises. And we're choosing to remember and remind you your promise of healing, your promise of life. Lord, if there's any external factor, if there's any physical, spiritual factor, we renounce to it right now in the name of Jesus. And those of us that are mothers right now, we stand in the gap for those of us that are going to be mothers. Lord, and every mother that is pregnant right now, I speak the order, the divine order in the gestation of that child or children in the name of Jesus right now. I pray for stillness and peace In the name of Jesus, I pray for good births. I pray, Lord, that you take over the first few hours of the lives of those children. Lord, I pray for ease in postpartum. I pray for ease in in bonding with their children. Lord, that you will not allow the enemy to steal that blessing from these young mothers. And I pray, Lord, that you bring angels to supernaturally awaken the remnant to pray Hmm. in this season that we are living. Awaken the remnant to pray that those spirits that come against us, that come against the church and their weapons shall not prosper. And that you give us the victory individually and as a whole, as your body. 
In Jesus' name I pray and I thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that I so feel in this moment. And I thank you for every ear that is listening right now. Cover them with your love as you cover me every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Sister, I love you. Thank you. I love you too. You are amazing. What a gift. What a gift you are. Y'all, don't you love her? Listen, I told you it was a note-taking one. I am very prepared for you to tweet at me, to comment on my Instagram and say, you're starting the show over and you're going to take notes. I know she's amazing. Listen, if you have not listened to Christine Lead Worship in English and Spanish and Portuguese, you got to go check it out. You've got to go listen to her wherever you love to listen to music and grab that new Christmas EP. She's getting us ready for the season that many of us have already started. Me too. Me too. Hey, be sure to take a moment and follow her all over the place. Tell her how grateful we are that she poured into us today. And if you enjoyed this episode, a couple of others you might like are episode 137 with Amanda Lindsay Cook and episode 68 and 198 with our buddy Torin Wells. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. Also, Annie F. Downs, TSF, like that sounds fun, over on YouTube. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home. Do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. Y'all have a great weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday with NBA star Cody Zeller. Y'all have a good weekend.